chapter nine of my bondage and my freedom by frederick douglas this librivox recording is in the public domain personal treatment of the author miss lucretia her kindness how it was manifested ike a battle with him the consequences thereof miss lucretia's balsam bread how i obtained it beams of sunlight amidst the general darkness suffering from cold how we took our meals orders to prepare for baltimore overjoyed at the thought of quitting the plantation extraordinary cleansing cousin tom's version of baltimore arrival there kind reception given me by mrs sophia ald little tommy my new position my new duties a turning point in my history i have nothing cruel or shocking to relate of my own personal experience while i remained on colonel lloyd's plantation at the home of my old master an occasional cuff from aunt Katy and a regular whipping from old master such as any heedless and mischievous boy might get from his father is all that i can mention of this sort i was not old enough to work in the field and there being little else than field work to perform i had much leisure the most i had to do was to drive up the cows in the evening to keep the front yard clean and to perform small errands for my young mistress lucretia ald i have reasons for thinking this lady was very kindly disposed toward me and although i was not often the object of her attention i constantly regarded her as my friend and was always glad when it was my privilege to do her a service in a family where there was so much that was harsh cold and indifferent the slightest word or look of kindness passed with me for its full value miss lucretia as we all continued to call her long after her marriage had bestowed upon me such words and looks as taught me that she pitied me if she did not love me in addition to words and looks she sometimes gave me a piece of bread and butter a thing not set down in the bill of fare and which must have been an extra ration planned aside from either aunt katy or old master solely out of the tender regard and friendship she had for me then too i one day got into the wars with uncle abel's son ike and had got sadly worsted in fact the little rascal had struck me directly in the forehead with a sharp piece of cinder fused with iron from the old blacksmith's forge which made a cross in my forehead very plainly to be seen now the gash bled very freely and i roared very loudly and betook myself home the cold-hearted aunt katy paid no attention either to my wound or my roaring except to tell me it served me right i had no business with ike it was good for me i would now keep away from dem lloyd niggers miss lucretia in this state of the case came forward and in quite a different spirit from that manifested by aunt katy she called me into the parlor an extra privilege of itself and without using toward me any of the hard-hearted and reproachful epithets of my kitchen tormentor she quietly acted 
the good samaritan with her own soft hand she washed the blood from my head and face fetched her own balsam bottle and with the balsam wetted a nice piece of white linen and bound up my head the balsam was not more healing to the wound in my head than her kindness was healing to the wounds in my spirit made by the unfeeling words of aunt Katy. after this miss lucretia was my friend i felt her to be such and i have no doubt that the simple act of binding up my head did much to awaken in her mind an interest in my welfare it is quite true that this interest was never very marked and it seldom showed itself in anything more than in giving me a piece of bread when i was very hungry but this was a great favour on a slave plantation and i was the only one of the children to whom such attention was paid when very hungry i would go into the back yard and play under miss lucretia's window when pretty severely pinched by hunger i had a habit of singing which the good lady very soon came to understand as a petition for a piece of bread when i sung under miss lucretia's window i was very apt to get well paid for my music the reader will see that i now had two friends both at important points mass daniel at the great house and miss lucretia at home from mass daniel i got protection from the bigger boys and from miss lucretia i got bread by singing when i was hungry and sympathy when i was abused by that termagant who had the reins of government in the kitchen for such friendship i felt deeply grateful and bitter as are my recollections of slavery i love to recall any instances of kindness any sunbeams of humane treatment which found way to my soul through the iron grating of my house of bondage such beams seem all the brighter from the general darkness into which they penetrate and the impression they make is vividly distinct and beautiful as i have before intimated i was seldom whipped and never severely by my old master i suffered little from the treatment i received except from hunger and cold these were my two great physical troubles i could neither get a sufficiency of food nor of clothing but i suffered less from hunger than from cold in hottest summer and coldest winter i was kept almost in a state of nudity no shoes no stockings no jacket no trousers nothing but coarse sackcloth or tow linen made into a sort of shirt reaching down to my knees this i wore night and day changing it once a week in the daytime i could protect myself pretty well by keeping on the sunny side of the house and in bad weather in the corner of the kitchen chimney the great difficulty was to keep warm during the night i had no bed the pigs in the pen had leaves and the horses in the stable had straw but the children had no beds they lodged anywhere in the ample kitchen i slept generally in a little closet without even a blanket to cover me in very cold weather i sometimes got down the bag in which cornmeal was usually carried to the mill and crawled into that sleeping there with my head in and feet out i was partly protected though not comfortable my feet have been so cracked with the frost that the pen with which i am writing might be laid in the gashes the manner of taking our meals at old masters indicated but little refinement 
our cornmeal mush when sufficiently cooled was placed in a large wooden tray or trough like those used in making maple sugar here in the north this tray was set down either on the floor of the kitchen or out of doors on the ground and the children were called like so many pigs and like so many pigs they would come and literally devour the mush some with oyster shells some with pieces of shingles and none with spoons he that eat fastest got most and he that was strongest got the best place and few left the trough really satisfied i was the most unlucky of any for aunt katie had no good feeling for me and if i pushed any of the other children or if they told her anything unfavorable of me she always believed the worst and was sure to whip me as i grew older and more thoughtful i was more and more filled with a sense of my wretchedness the cruelty of aunt katie the hunger and cold i suffered and the terrible reports of wrong and outrage which came to my ear together with what i almost daily witnessed led me when yet but eight or nine years old to wish i had never been born i used to contrast my condition with the blackbirds in whose wild and sweet songs i fancied them so happy their apparent joy only deepened the shades of my sorrow there are thoughtful days in the lives of children at least there were in mine when they grapple with all the great primary subjects of knowledge and reach in a moment conclusions which no subsequent experience can shake i was just as well aware of the unjust unnatural and murderous character of slavery when nine years old as i am now without any appeal to books to laws or to authorities of any kind it was enough to accept god as a father to regard slavery as a crime i was not ten years old when i left colonel lloyd's plantation for baltimore i left that plantation with inexpressible joy i never shall forget the ecstasy with which i received the intelligence from my friend miss lucretia that my old master had determined to let me go to baltimore to live with mr hugh ald a brother to mr thomas ald my old master's son-in-law i received this information about three days before my departure they were three of the happiest days of my childhood i spent the largest part of these three days in the creek washing off the plantation scurp and preparing for my new home mrs lucretia took a lively interest in getting me ready she told me i must get all the dead skin off my feet and knees before i could go to baltimore for the people there were very cleanly and would laugh at me if i looked dirty and besides she was intending to give me a pair of trousers which i should not put on unless i got all the dirt off this was a warning to which i was bound to take heed for the thought of owning a pair of trousers was great indeed it was almost a sufficient motive not only to induce me to scrub off the mange as pig drovers would call it but the skin as well so i went at it in good earnest working for the first time in the hope of reward i was greatly excited and could hardly consent to sleep lest i should be left the ties that ordinarily bind children to their homes were all severed or they never had any existence in my case at least so far as the home plantation of colonel l was concerned 
i therefore found no severe trial at the moment of my departure such as i had experienced when i separated from my home in tuckahoe my home at my old master's was charmless to me it was not home but a prison to me on parting from it i could not feel that i was leaving anything which i could have enjoyed by staying my mother was now long dead my grandmother was far away so that i seldom saw her aunt katie was my unrelenting tormentor and my two sisters and brothers owing to our early separation in life and the family destroying power of slavery were comparatively strangers to me the fact of our relationship was almost blotted out i looked for home elsewhere and was confident of finding none which i should relish less than the one i was leaving if however i found in my new home to which i was going with such blissful anticipations hardship whipping and nakedness i had the questionable consolation that i should not have escaped any one of these evils by remaining under the management of aunt katie then too i thought since i had endured much in this line on lloyd's plantation i could endure as much elsewhere and especially at baltimore for i had something of the feeling about that city which is expressed in the saying that being hanged in england is better than dying a natural death in ireland i had the strongest desire to see baltimore my cousin tom a boy two or three years older than i had been there and though not fluent he stuttered immoderately in speech he had inspired me with that desire by his eloquent description of the place tom was sometimes captain ald's cabin boy and when he came from baltimore he was always a sort of hero amongst us at least till his baltimore trip was forgotten i could never tell him of anything or point out anything that struck me as beautiful or powerful but that he had seen something in baltimore far surpassing it even the great house itself with all its pictures within and pillars without he had the hardihood to say was nothing to baltimore he bought a trumpet worth sixpence and brought it home told what he had seen in the windows of stores that he had heard shooting crackers and seen soldiers that he had seen a steamboat that there were ships in baltimore that could carry for such sloops as the sally lloyd he said a great deal about the market-house he spoke of the bells ringing and of many other things which roused my curiosity very much and indeed which heightened my hopes of happiness in my new home we sailed out of miles river for baltimore early on a saturday morning i remember only the day of the week for at that time i had no knowledge of the days of the month nor indeed of the months of the year on setting sail i walked aft and gave to colonel lloyd's plantation what i hoped would be the last look i should ever give to it or to any place like it my strong aversion to the great house farm was not owing to my own personal suffering but the daily suffering of others and to the certainty that i must sooner or later be placed under the barbarous rule of an overseer such as the accomplished gore or the brutal and drunken plumber after taking this last view i quitted the quarter-deck made my way to the bow of the sloop and spent the remainder of the day in looking ahead 
interesting myself in what was in the distance rather than what was near by or behind the vessels sweeping along the bay were very interesting objects the broad bay opened like a shoreless ocean on my boyish vision filling me with wonder and admiration late in the afternoon we reached annapolis the capital of the state stopping there not long enough to admit of my going ashore it was the first large town i had ever seen and though it was inferior to many a factory village in new england my feelings on seeing it were excited to a pitch very little below that reached by travellers at the first view of rome the dome of the state house was especially imposing and surpassed in grandeur the appearance of the great house the great world was opening upon me very rapidly and i was eagerly acquainting myself with its multifarious lessons we arrived in baltimore on sunday morning and landed at smith's wharf not far from bowley's wharf we had on board the sloop a large flock of sheep for the baltimore market and after assisting in driving them to the slaughter-house of mr curtis on loudon slater's hill i was speedily conducted by rich one of the hands belonging to the sloop to my new home in alachiana street near gardiner's shipyard on fells point mr and mrs hugh auld my new mistress and master were both at home and met me at the door with their rosy-cheeked little son thomas to take care of whom was to constitute my future occupation in fact it was to little tommy rather than to his parents that old master made a present of me and though there was no legal form or arrangement entered into i have no doubt that mr and mrs auld felt that in due time i should be the legal property of their bright-eyed and beloved boy tommy i was struck with the appearance especially of my new mistress her face was lighted with the kindliest emotions and the reflex influence of her countenance as well as the tenderness with which she seemed to regard me while asking me sundry little questions greatly delighted me and lit up to my fancy the pathway of my future miss lucretia was kind but my new mistress miss sophie surpassed her in kindness of manner little thomas was affectionately told by his mother that there was his freddy and that freddy would take care of him and i was told to be kind to little tommy an injunction i scarcely needed for i had already fallen in love with the dear boy and with these little ceremonies i was initiated into my new home and entered upon my peculiar duties with not a cloud above the horizon i may say here that i regard my removal from colonel lloyd's plantation as one of the most interesting and fortunate events of my life viewing it in the light of human likelihoods it is quite probable that but for the mere circumstance of being thus removed before the rigours of slavery had fastened upon me before my young spirit had been crushed under the iron control of the slave-driver instead of being to day a free man i might have been wearing the galling chains of slavery i have sometimes felt however that there was something more intelligent than chance and something more certain than luck to be seen in the circumstance if i have made any progress in knowledge if i have cherished any honourable aspirations or have 
in any manner worthily discharge the duties of a member of an oppressed people this little circumstance must be allowed its due weight in giving my life that direction i have ever regarded it as the first plain manifestation of that divinity that shapes our ends rough hew them as we will i was not the only boy on the plantation that might have been sent to live in baltimore there was a wide margin from which to select there were boys younger boys older and boys of the same age belonging to my old master some at his own house and some at his farm but the high privilege fell to my lot i may be deemed superstitious and egotistical in regarding this event as a special interposition of divine providence in my favour but the thought is a part of my history and i should be false to the earliest and most cherished sentiments of my soul if i suppressed or hesitated to avow that opinion although it may be characterised as irrational by the wise and ridiculous by the scoffer from my earliest recollections of serious matters i date the entertainment of something like an ineffaceable conviction that slavery would not always be able to hold me within its foul embrace and this conviction like a word of living faith strengthened me through the darkest trials of my lot this good spirit was from god and to him i offer thanksgiving and praise End of chapter nine